Welcome everybody back to another Lakuta Maran Shir. This is our 32nd class. As always, I'm Shia Sussman. And if you're interested in hearing more classes, uh, you can find on the BRI, Breslov Research Institute website, breslov.org, or you can go to my SoundCloud account, which is Nach Daily or Shia Sussman, and you can find all classes here. They're all text-based classes uh, inside to see what Rabbi Nachman actually says. Now, last week, uh, we're going to do a quick recap, and uh, then we're going to jump right into this week. Hold on, let me shut the door over here. It's a little loud. Okay. Okay, it's quieter now. Uh, last week, we began Rebbe Nachman's famous lesson of Aye Mikom Kivodo, where is Hashem's throne of glory? Where is Hashem? Uh, and what we started with, we're going to go deeper this week, and this is, I guess, would be part two. There's going to be a uh, we're going to spend a few weeks on this lesson over here. And uh, last week, what we started with was about the need for simplicity, uh, that we need to approach life in a non-complicated and non-clever type of way. And as we saw last week, Rabbi Nachman said, hu He said, the main thing in Judaism, Iker Yadis, which is really an astounding remark that we spoke about last week, that he said the main thing in Judaism is tmimus and pshitas and no chachmas, as he called them. And we saw a bunch of pieces about that. We also began to learn how when we go after our own minds, we begin to fall into the illusion of thinking that we really know. <laughs> right? So we go into our own mind. We start this illusion that we could figure things out. We could wrap everything around our minds. The world starts, begins, stops, and ends in our minds. And it's one big illusion. And tonight, we're going to take this a step further. And Rabbi Nachman is going to show us how to see past the illusionary nature of this world and search for the spark of God, the divinity, to see beyond illusion, to remove the curtain, and find Hashem in even the lowest, the lowest places. Again, we're going to be talking about this for the next few shirim as we're learning this lesson inside. And one of the things that I like to think about it is like a magic trick. You know, it's like, you know, you, you watch a magic trick, you really enjoy the magic trick, but when you know how the magician does the trick, so you might enjoy it, you might get fooled by it, but you're waiting for the sleight of hand. Hold on, we're admitting someone over here. So you might know, uh, again, you might know the, how the, you might know how the magic trick is done, but you're waiting for the sleight of hand to see where was the chop in the thing, right? So even if you get fooled by an illusion, by an illusionist, or by a magic trick, uh, it's just not the same when you know how the trick goes. There's something about it that you might enjoy it, you might get lost in the illusion, but it's not the same. So again, Rabbi Nachman is going to reveal to us the trick of the illusion, the magic trick of Hashem, so to speak, that will allow us to connect the source to the source of life itself, to Hashem. And I want to give one little disclaimer before we jump right in. We're going to jump right in very quickly. But uh, what we're going to touch on tonight and to and next week's class, it really hits on very, very deep Sodas HaKabbalah, uh, not in terms of Shemus of Hashem and things like that, but uh, it's, it's very profound ideas, and I'm not a Makubal. <laughs> so... I'm not going to claim to understand everything to its fullest extent, but we're just kind of learning this in the context of Rabbi Nachman, what Rabbi Nachman says, and that's kind of the ideas over here. 
So without any further ado, we're gonna jump right in and let me pull up the screen shares over here. Okay, hold on. Going into the screen share, okay. You guys could see that. Okay, so a, uh, again, it's lesson 12, Torah Yud Beis in Tinyana, lesson 12 in the, section, in the second section of Lakute Maran, also known as Lakute Maran Tinyana. So we're going to pick up a little bit as, as a runner from where we left off last week, and we're going to just going to jump right in. So we're going to start from the we're going to start from the, uh, this second highlighted line over here. We're going to read through it quickly, and we'll just give us a little bit of a runner to pick up. Uh, Again, the main thing in Judaism is to walk with simplicity, simplicity, wholesomeness, wisdom, and everything you, everything you do, you need to look, is there Hashem in it. Without looking at any of your honor, look at it and ask yourself, is God in this thing? Do it. Don't do it. And we spent time talking about this last week, asking yourself, is God in this thing or is God not in the thing? Now we're moving forward. And even when a person falls into doubt, and a person's nefila, their falling is a lot. Where a person falls to self-doubt and thoughts, you know, like I like to think of in Hurim. I know in my practice, so many people I deal with have such intrusive thoughts, you know, and it's so disturbing to them. And even further than that, they try to take down God and they, they think bad about Hashem's ways. But Afal Pikain, nevertheless, nevertheless, the falling and the descent that you experienced, is a really, is really an elevation. Okay? Let's speak about this for a second, because this is an idea that let's just recap that a uh, that a person falls and they fall into sfekas and they don't know what to do and they get all confused in their mind. But nevertheless, Rabbi Nachman is saying, every Yerida is Latakas Aliyah. Now, you know, someone asked me at the end of last year, someone said, well, if you want to follow your own ideas, how do you know, how is it so, how is it possible for a person to clarify whether Hashem is in what you're doing or whether Hashem's not in what you're doing. Because if you ask yourself, you might not necessarily know. It's not always obvious and you could get very confused by this. So I didn't, I want to read from you from the Parperis L'Chachma, which I saw asked the exact same question. Uh, the Parperis, I didn't, I, I wanted to take a picture and share it, but I didn't. So I'm just going to read it inside. But the Parperis L'Chachma is a commentary, one of the classic commentaries on Lakut Maran. And he actually asked the same question on these, on what we just learned. And the Parperes L'Chachma explains this. That if a person's not sure, they're uncertain whether the honor, the glory of God is in it or not. That self-doubt that a person has is an aspect of falling 
in its own right, not knowing what to do. Because after we had merited to accept the Torah, it's impossible to be uncertain about something. How is it possible to be uncertain about something? That a person will, after receiving the Torah, a person will get so confused about what's the Ratzon Hashem and what's not. That's only because a person becomes confused. So that is considered a big nefilah. And there is a very, there are those that fall tremendously. So Rabbi Nachman says that the fact that a person has self-doubt or the fact that a person is unclear in their goals or in their aspirations or how to handle a specific situation, that itself is a nefilah. Because after all, the Parparas L'Chachm is explaining, didn't we receive the Torah? Isn't the Torah the ultimate clarity? Didn't we learn that the Torah in Torah Aleph is like the Shemesh, it's like the sun? So it should certainly illuminate everything that we do. But yet, nevertheless, we live life with tremendous unclarity due to the lack of clarity in Torah, due to the lack of clarity in life. And this is something that Hashem really, really had orchestrated uh, for us to experience. So the very fact that, you know, it's like in my practice, a lot of times, you know, working with young adults, often they don't know what they want to do with themselves. You know, it's like a big lack of clarity. Even a lot of adults don't know also, but it's a very, very big confusion for them. And it causes a a tremendous amount of stress and anxiety. And the lack of clarity of even knowing what you're supposed to be doing, knowing whether it's the Ratzon Hashem or not, is very, very difficult for a person. It's very, very difficult for a person. So how is a person supposed to be able to pull away the veil and actually know what to do? So we're going to learn, we're going to learn further what to do, but it's just important to acknowledge the very fact that a person's besuffic, a person's confused, uh, is itself a Yerida. And it's not something we typically think about. We think we do an Avera, it's a Yerida. We think a, uh, you know, Who's we, that? Lose, we lose an Armidos. We, hold on one second. Okay. Uh, we lose we we lose our midos and things like that. So that we consider you read. We don't think lack of clarity. We don't typically don't think of that as a yurida. So I thought that was a, a point worth worth noting. And again, as we're going to see, as Rabbi Nachman is going to explain, that every yurida is really litzarach aliyah. That every descent is really really an ascent. Okay, back inside. I'm going to say is that related to the idea of. Uh that if you don't know what, what to do, then you've been disconnected from Yes, it definitely is related to the the lack of clarity of not knowing what to do. Very good. I like it. Everyone's building on the lessons. Like it. Okay, hold on. Let me... How do I do this? Resume share. Okay. Screen share is up. You guys can see that? Yeah, okay. Let's go a little bit further now. Now we're going, to read a, we're going to read a bunch tonight, and we're going, to, we're going to go through this. We're going to make sense out of it. We're going to break it down slowly. Okay. Ki, ki da. Da. You should know. Ki shorish kola The root, the foundation of all of creation is honor, is kavod. 
Anything that God created, he only created it for his own honor. Just like it's written in the Pasuk. Everything that is called that is called with my name, everything is called with my name, and in my honor, in my kavod, I created it, meaning to say, Hashem created everything in his honor. So therefore we see that kavod is the root of creation. And we're going to explain all this. And after everything was created for the honor of God, Nimsa comes out, that the honor, the glory of God is at the root of the entire creation. The afalp shikulo echad. And even though everything is all one, nevertheless, in creation, there are, there's dissension, there's division. There are different parts. And in every individual part of creation, there is a specific honor within that Shehu Sharsho, which is connected to the root of creation itself, Kenal, Keniskar La'el, like we have been explained, the aforementioned. Vezebachinas, and this is what it says, Ba'asara Maimaros Nivra Ha'olam, with 10 utterances, the world was created. Halo Ba'maymar Echad Yacholihibarot, right? Couldn't God have created it with one, with one mimer, with one saying? Rather, Hashem created the world, why in 10? In order for reward and punishment. And this will all get clear as we talk about it and learn further. And in every single mimer, in every single saying, there is a specific kavod, honor, in that aspect of it. That it is root. That's at its root. Because honor is the root of everything like we've been explaining. And this is an aspect, like it says in Tehillim. In God's heichel, in God's inner sanctuary, all the malachim say glory. In every utterance and every saying, there is a Mulubash is enclosed, is engarbed, a special honor of Hashem. That through this, the world was created. Right? Because the entire world is filled with His glory. Okay, I know that was a mouthful. <laughs> so let's just, let's just explain a little bit over here. That, that the root of the entire world is kavod is Hashem's glory, is Hashem's honor. As it says, everything is filled with His glory, right? So at the bedrock of creation, at the very root, at the foundation of it all, is kavod. I, but we see dissension in the creation. We see that there are different chalakim, there are different parts, there are, dis- there are different aspects to the world, right? So how are you going to say it's all kavod? It doesn't necessarily all look like that. So this is Rabbi Nachman explains, he brings the famous Mishnah in Pirkei Avos, that, that uh, there were 10 utterances 
there were 10 utterances uh, that the world was created. Why was the world created with 10 utterances? With 10, what, first of all, what does that mean? Just to break it down even more. If you look throughout the Parshas of Bereshis, it says Vayomer nine times. It doesn't say 10 times, right? So these quote unquote 10 Vayomers, which is really nine, we'll explain that in a moment, uh, are called the Asaramaymaros, the 10 sayings, the 10 words of speech that Hashem used in order to create the world with. And what we're going to see is it's really nine. Why? Uh, because the word Bereshis is what we're going to learn in just a minute or two, right? The word Bereshis is called the Mimer Sasim, it's called the hidden Mimer, meaning that when Hashem said the word Bereshis, the power in those words of Bereshis uh, incorporated all the other Mimers. It incorporated all the other sayings. And therefore, the word Bereshis is called a Mimer Ne'elam, a hidden Mimer, or it's also known as something called the Mimer Satum, Mimer Sasum, the closed and concealed saying, because it doesn't say Vayomer in it. So now it's important to understand that we know, we know there's a basic principle of Sof Maaseh B'Mach right? That it is first in thought, but is last in actions. So Lamashal. Let's say a person wants to build a building, right? So what do you do? You first think, I want to build a building. Then you think of the plans. You draw up the plans, right? And then the last, the very, very last, then you build a building, right? And then you put the molding in, and you do the electric, and you, then you put the carpet in, and then you put the, you know, the seats in or whatever it is, right? So the very, very last thing that happens is people sit in it, and they use the functionality of it, right? So this is what we say, sof maiset b'machshavat that it's last. Uh, it's first in thought, but it's last in action, right? Or it's last in action, it's first in thought, meaning you go through this whole process in order to have the tachlis. So it's the same thing with the way Hashem created the, created the world. His main purpose, his main intention in creating the world was kavod, his honor. Kul, kulo omer kavod behechalo, right? All the malachim say kavod, malo haaretz, kvodo malo haaretz, right? His his right? His, his glory completely, completely fills the world. Aye, but there's dissension, right? There is a certain illusion in the world that you can't see the holiness, Hashem's Kedusha. You can't see Hashem's divinity because it's kind of so far removed from Hashem's Kavod, right? So how do you explain that? And we're going to talk about this paradox over here, that on one hand, the entire world is filled with Hashem's, glo- Hashem's glory. But on the other hand, there's an illusion of life. There's a magic trick going on that we don't see Hashem. We don't see how Hashem is really, how the situations we're in are, are divine, right? That's not something we, we necessarily see, and that's not certainly something we necessarily experience. It's also important to mention over here that when it says Asar Maimaras Nivra Olam, right? So obviously these are reference to the Esser Spheros, the ten spheros, and that uh and it says that it was made, why did it create it with ten, right? In order to give reward to the tzaddikim and in order to punish the Rishayim. Right. So how does that work? Right? Which means at every point in creation, Hashem was mitzam sem his elokus. He constricted his presence, kaviyachal, so to say, that it kind of put more veils and more veils and more veils that a person couldn't, that it made it harder in order to come close to Hashem. So 
what happens is, is that Hashem put up the smoke screen. Hashem put up the special effects system of life, the greatest illusion of them all. And what happens? The tzaddikim, they get reward. Why? Because they're able to pull away the curtain, see through the magic trick, and see through the illusion of life in order to find the spark of Elokus, no matter where they are. So it was created as Saramaymaros in order to give reward to the tzaddikim. But at the very same token, what does the magic trick, the special effects system, George Lucas's special effects system do? Right? It fools the Rishayim. So the Rishayim get punished because it was created with Asar Maimaras, right? There is a perfect amount of balance of constriction in the world that allows the tzaddikim to find the divinity past the illusion. And while the Rishayim get tripped up in the divinity, get tripped up in the illusion, right? So Hashem created the world as Sarimaimaros in order to give rewards to Tzaddikim and punish the Rishayim. Now we're going to jump right back in. Okay. Hold on. Hold on one more second. Okay. One last thing. He's going to say something pretty wild right now. And again, we're, going to, we're, we're learning his words a little bit. Just wanted to give the disclaimer. Okay, back in. You see it says Vafilu over here? Okay. Vafilu be'averos udvarim raim chas v'shalom. Right? We said the whole world was created for Hashem's kvodo, kimulok arts kvodo. Vafilu be'averos udvarim ravim. Even dvarim raim. Even Averus, sin, Udvarim Raim, bad things, Chas Shalom. Shasham in Kvodo Yisparach. In there, there's no honor of God. Bebechinas, like the Pasuk says, Ukvodi lo eten. My honor I will not give to someone else. Sheyesh shelo l'sham. That there's a boundary, there's a natural constriction, a natural fence that Hashem created, that Hashem's honor should not Go out into Averus. The Af Al Pi Shemulo Kola Arts Kavodo, right? But nevertheless, because the world is filled with the honor of God, Im Kol Ze Yesh Gvul Shemagil Im Komos Hanal Shelo Yetze Lisham Bebuchinus Kavodi Laacher Lo Eten. Nevertheless, even though we're saying that the whole world is filled with Hashem's honor, nevertheless, it seems that there's a limit. There's again, there's a natural border, there's a fence that that Hashem's honor doesn't go to evil, bad places, not going to go to certain places. Like it says, like I'm not going to give my, I'm not going to give my honor to someplace else. And there is a boundary, a border for every grouping of honor. That is enclosed in every mimer, because we said every saying has its own aspect of kavod, from the Teda utterances, like the aforementioned. So he's saying, even, so he's saying that, that even though God is everywhere, even though God is everywhere, he's concealed in certain places, right? But, but, right? Even so, Hashem's kavod is actually in Averis as well, 
right? Which is a, it, this is a very wild thing. That's why I gave a disclaimer over here that he's saying, and we're going to see more about this, right? That, that the truth be told, Hashem's honor is in Averis. Hashem's honor is in these types of places. But the illusion is so strong that a person can't go there. A person is not able to, uh, not able to find Hashem's honor in those places. So like, I like to think about like, a, uh, like David Copperfield, right? <laughs> like he made the statue, he, makes, he can make an airplane disappear. He can make the statue, he made the Statue of Liberty disappear, right? You could Google David Copperfield and statue, like it's an illusion, right? The Statue of Liberty is still there, right? Maybe the airplane goes someplace, I don't know. But obviously the Statue of Liberty is still there. It just appears that it's not there, right? And it's the same thing. It's an illusion, right? It's the same thing with Hashem's honor. It appears that Hashem is not in Averis. It appears that where a person ends up far in far from places of Kedusha in horrible, horrible things, right? That Hashem is not there. But it's a grand illusion, right? Because certainly, 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 Hashem's uh, honor fills the world. And we're going to learn, we're going to learn that when a person is able to pull out Hashem's honor from those places, a, uh, again, that's, that's the magic trick of life, is understanding that no matter where you are in life, you're in the furthest places, you could come close to God over there. Let's go back to the screen share. Okay. Avalda, but you should know. But you should know. Even though we just said that Hashem's kavod uh, only goes so far, you should know. Of course, everything receives its life force from God. Even very, very dirty places, right? Or houses of worship. They also need to, uh, they also need to uh, have their chiyas from Hashem. So just to recap the magnitude of what he's saying over here, that even houses of idol worship and bate avodazara and dirty places, which, you know, Makomo's Nusim, right? Horrible, filthy places that are filled with Barak, even though Hashem's kavod only goes so far, in Panemius, Hashem is there also. That even if a person finds themselves in these horrible, disgusting, filthy places, you could still draw close to God even in these places because Molokarat's kavodo, Hashem's kavod is even in these places. And we're going to see why that is. So this is, this is remarkable, guys. You guys should all be like jumping out of your seats. Rabbi Nachman said, Hashem's found in Averis and Bate of Odazara, which is totally counterintuitive because in what he's teaching is that in Chitzonius, of course Hashem's not there. You have to avoid all these places at all costs. But in Panemius, in Panemius, if you find yourself in these places, you could certainly pull yourselves out of the depths of hell and come close to Hashem and come to Tshuva. Now, I don't want anyone to misconstrue my words. I'm not saying you should go to these places. I'm not saying you should do Averis. 100, 100%, stay very, very far away. 
But if you happen to be there, if you find yourself in such a low place in nice, low place in life, when you find yourself in a house of znus, or you find yourself in a mosque, or in a church, or any one of these places in a very, very low situation, struggling with whatever you're struggling, you could come close to Hashem even there. Because there's a certain honor of Hashem that could be found there. Okay, Achda. We're going back to another Achda over here. Okay, Achda. But you should know. Okay, so the question is now, why? Why are you able to come close to God even in these places? How does that work? How does the magic trick work? Achda, you should know. These uh, dirty places, these places filled with Averas, they receive their sustenance from the Mimer Satum, the Mimer, the hidden clothes saying, Shehu Bereshis Mimer Satum, which is Bereshis, which is the hidden Mimer. Shehu Kolel Kol HaMimaros, which incorporates all the Mimarum, all the sayings, the Kulam Mekablum Chiyus Mimenu, and they all receive their strength and vitality from the first Mimer, from the first saying, which is Bereshis. means all the other Mimarim get strength from the first Mimer, which is the hidden Mimer, which is the Mimer Sussum, the closed Mimer, the Mimer of Bereshis. Va'akovot shall Mimer Sussum, who Sussum v'nelam betachlis astara. And the honor, the glory that's found within the closed Mimer Sussum that's hidden, it's completely sealed and it's completely hidden away. Umisham he mikablin And from that very, very place, these Bate of Odezara and these Bate's Nus they're able, they receive their vitality from this Mimer Sassam. Because the revealed Mimer, the rest of the nine sayings that the world was created with, the ones that were revealed, it's impossible for them to have, for them to give power and sustain these places of Avodah these places of Averis. Like it says in the Pasuk, my honor to another I will not give. Rather, only from the hidden Mimer, that it is completely sealed and hidden away. From there, they receive their light. Their light. Okay, now here's the kicker. And this thing that we're talking about now is impossible to understand. The Oser Lehar Her And you're not even allowed to think about it. <laughs> Let's read that line again. The Dover Zer EF Sharlahavin. This thing is impossible to understand. The Oser Lehar Her And it's impossible to think about. Wow. Wow. Right? So Rabbi Nachman is saying this. Let's just do, let's just say what he's saying and then we'll we'll talk about, you know, we'll flesh it out a little bit. So he's saying that, again, like we had mentioned, all the other sayings, all the other maimarim of creation, they all receive their sustenance, their life force, their vitality from the first mimer, which is known as Bereshis, a.k.a. Mimer Sussum, the healed and considered, and the, the, uh, Secret, the concealed and hidden mimer saying. 
right? So, uh, so it comes out that even Bate of Odazara, even Bate's Nus, dirty and filthy places, even a person sunk in depression and addiction, uh, the worst things that a person can do, person uh, feels trapped in pornography, they feel trapped in whatever they're struggling with, right? All them, all those places get their sustenance from God. Now, now, of course, the question is, right, if, if there wasn't a nitzatz elokus in it, it wouldn't be able to exist at all. It would not, it would, it would, it would completely vanish, right? But we know Hashem created the world for his honor. So if ma'asem makshav right? It was first in thought, but last in action. So therefore, everything that exists in creation must have an aspect of Hashem's covenant in it but it's really, really tucked away. But Rabbi Nachman is explaining, he's explaining that even these places, they get their sustenance, uh, they're able to stay alive, the spark of divinity is found uh, in none other than the Maimur Sassam. So what does it come out? What's the, what's the wild thing that comes out here that he says it's us to think about? You know, like, okay, so the whole world gets chiyas from Hashem. Like, it's such, a, it's such a crazy idea. Like, I'm not allowed to think about that. Like, what is so... Like, what's the big chiddush over here? So what he's saying is, is that it comes out the filthiest, most dirtiest of places have the most potent level of kadusha there because they're being sustained through the most powerful, potent, strongest of all the mimers known as the mimer Baratius, a.k.a. mimer Sassim. So it comes out the lowest, most filthiest places actually have the highest and most potent level of Kedusha. This is usher to think about, and you're not allowed to be Mahar. How could it be that the lowest place has the highest level of Kedusha in it? He's saying the other Maimarim, they, they're not, uh, they for sure couldn't go in to these places to keep it alive. Only something so strong, only something so potent, it's able to go in. So I was thinking about this. What, what is this like? It's just a mush over here. It's like the incognito tab, right? If you don't want Google or your web browser to know where you're going on the internet, you click incognito. Boom. Now you're in disguise, right? So what happens is, is the, again, right? The Mimer Sussan, the Bereshis is the, the incognito tab of creation right? That it's so strong. It's so potent. It's able to go incognito and like subterfuge, even the most uh, terrible and disgusting places that are still being sustained through this potent mimer known as the mimer sasum. This is incredible. Guys, this is, this is, an, this is amazing. This is really amazing that, that the highest the, it's like the, the most, again, you know, the most uh, decadent places that you could think of. When I think of decadent places, I, for some reason, I think of Fisherman's Wharf in San Francisco. I don't know why. I just think of that, you know? Like the most decadent places, uh, they're sustained with the highest level of Kedusha. Otherwise, these places would not exist at all, Right? So you see that 
what comes out, right? Just to talk this over a little bit more, right? So what comes out of here is that, is that you see that there's this paradox in creation. There's this paradox in creation, right? That on one hand, uh, on one hand, uh, on one hand, a, uh, Hashem's kavod only is mispashe to certain places, and it won't go uh, below ten fachim kaviyachol. Right? It's not going to go below a certain area, and there are places that are totally devoid of kedusha, and there are places that you totally need to stay out of, and we need to stick our head in Torah and mitzvahs and serve Hashem that way, right? But on the other, and, and there are there's hate, there's avera that we have to stay away from and try our hardest to stay away from, right? But on the other hand, on the other hand, what do we see? That even in Averus, even in the lowest places, there's a certain aspect of Kavod Hashem that, of course, sustains that. Because if Hashem would pull the plug on it, it would absolutely cease to exist, right? So, again, everything that exists in the world in a certain very, very deep way, it, in a certain deep way, it brings Kavod to Hashem, right? But we don't see that because we look at the world, we see a world of dissension. We see a world of good and bad. We see a world of black and white. We don't see how, how somehow the political debate that's happening tonight, right, is bringing glory to Hashem. But certainly if Hashem didn't want it to exist, it wouldn't exist, right? By the way, kudos to everyone who tuned into the shir tonight because then I know the debate's happening. So it shows you're from the tzaddikim. You guys are from the tzaddikim, everyone who, t- who came to the shir, right? But obviously... So again, we see, we see there's a paradox over here. And simultaneously, what we're learning is, and we're gonna learn, we're gonna learn further as well next week, is about how exactly, so what we learned is how the magic trick works. The magic trick works, the illusion of life works, how? Right, because Rabbi Nachman is explaining that even in the lowest place you could find God because that low place is held together by the Mimer Sassim, the most potent level of Kedusha. And therefore, this is what he started with but well, we started with tonight that every Yerida, and we're going to talk, again talk more and more about this next week, right? That every Yerida is really Litzarech Aliyah. Every Yerida, every falling, it's not, it's funny the way he words it, it's not even Litzarech Aliyah. Every Yerida is an Aliyah, <laughs> right? Because when a person reveals the hidden potent level of Kedusha in those places and where that dark place that he finds himself in light, in life, so now he's connecting, he's being vitalized, he's connecting to the Mimer Sassim, he's connecting to the highest, most potent level of, of Kedusha, the Tachlis of why the world was created was the Mimer Beratius, which is an incredible, is an incredible thing. Uh, again, disclaimer, don't try this at home, kids, meaning to say, no one should misconstrue what I'm saying, I don't think anyone is going to. Obviously, we have to start very, very, we have to stay very, very far away from uh, Averis. To tack on one last thing that I saw uh, that Reb Nussin explains, he explains this in Hilchas Vidoy, that and that what happens that a person does a chait, they do an avera, and they start saying Ashamnu, Bagadnu, Gazalnu, right, Dofi, and they start clapping al chait. And what are they doing? They're in the avera itself. They're bringing out the kedusha that's there. So a person, they have to do vidoy dvarim. You have to say, Hashem, I did this wrong. Hashem, I did that wrong. And you have to specify the avera that you did. So I, you're mentioning averas. There's no divinity in the averas. 
No, Rav Nassim says, by mentioning vidoy, by mentioning the chatayim that you're doing, you're transforming that avera actually into a mitzvah. A person is tshuva ma'ava. They're releasing the divinity found even within that low, dark place by doing vidoy and doing tshuva Hashem. So you see that even in the illusion of life, a person has the ability to a person has the ability to pull away the veil and see the magic trick. To see the magic trick of life, to see beyond the illusion, or I don't like to say beyond the illusion, but to see through the illusion, see through the illusion itself. Next week, we're going to learn about, uh, this week we spoke about the system, how it works, that there's a mimer sussum, and that sustains all creation. And the person has the ability in order to uh, pull, to connect to that Mimer Sassum. We kind of just learned the framework, the skeleton. Next week, we're going to learn uh, how exactly, he's, Rabbi Nachman is going to give specific eights called Aye Mekom Kivodo, searching for that spark of divinity, searching for the Mimer Sassum in order for a person to be able to pull himself out. We're going to learn, uh, again, you know, how to actually pull that curtain back and how to see through the illusion. I'm going to stop here for questions. I'm going to stop here for questions. Uh, I like the Gemara with Rebeliezer ben Dardaya. Uh, right? The Gemara with Rebeliezer ben Dardaya, right? He went to every... Okay, good reference. I like that. What happened? Rebeliezer ben Dardaya, he was by a base Zonas, and he hired the nicest, most prettiest, most gorgeous-looking woman he could find. And all of a sudden, I think there's different nischos in the Gemara about what happened, but either his sitzes hit him in the face and she stuck, all of a sudden, his zona became a Baal Musser and started giving a Musser and a Rebetzin. And she started saying, just like the tzitzes passed before your eyes, so for your life is passing before you. That's one nischach. And I think the other nischach of the Gemara is that I, he passed gas or she passed gas. And one of them, again, she became a Baal Musser and said, just like this passed before you, everything's going to pass before you. And that led him to such a big tshuva that you see that even Metochara, right, from the Zona, the prostitute herself, she, he was able to come to Kedusha through past the illusion, to, the, to see through the illusion, that uh, even, even to the point where the Gemara says that then he put himself in a fetal position and he cried himself until a Bosco came out and said, a uh, Reb Eliezer Bender die before he was just Elazar, as Elazar, Eliezer, I don't remember. Elazar Bender died. He got the, he got the accolade as a rabbi uh, after he did that. Means when a person's able to see the beast, so to speak, right? So Ra is Osios, Bad is Osios Rea, your friend. You pull out the Nitzots of Kedusha. Now the Ra becomes your Rea, it becomes your friend. Again, you have to be careful with what I'm saying. I know this year it gets listened to a lot of times on the internet. So for anyone who's, who's going to watch this, be careful what I'm saying, right? Again, small, your left is your weekend, right? Small is shame kale, the name of God, right? Meaning to say that even in the lowest, darkest places, a person could always come close to Hashem. They should never despair. Ancient yish. No matter what you're up against in life, no matter how much you're struggling, no matter how much you feel like you messed up in life, no matter how much you're suffering with anxiety, depression, addiction, mental health issues, relation problems, 
over there in that specific place from wherever you are. You could connect to God. You could connect to the Mimer Sassam. You could connect to the hidden, most potent power of Kedusha from where you are in order to reveal the Kavod Hashem, God's glory. And certainly if you're suffering, Hashem gets glory from you too. Why? Because so if Hashem didn't want you in the creation, he pulled the plug on you and you'd cease to exist. So there's something special Hashem is getting from you with all your confusion, all your anxiety, and all your worries. Hang in there and stay strong. Okay, we're going to stop here. If anyone has any questions, yes, Shakal, fascinating Shir. Thank you, Ellie. Stephen, good night. Thank you. Have a good Shabbos. Uh, if anyone wants to add anything, Go for it. Anyone? Anyone want to add anything? Wait, I can't hear you. Are you speaking? Okay, everyone. Tune in next week. We're going to go deeper. We're going to learn Aye Mekom Kavodo. We're going to learn. Uh, we learned tonight. I like to say we like to. We learned how the magic trick works. Next week, we're going to learn how to do the magic trick. <laughs> okay, job is everyone. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry.